Everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Folks, we're getting closer to the start of the 2022 NFL season. Just when I thought I was getting the break, I have to sit with these lads again and talk football. It's great crack. I'm, I'm joking, lads. I'm actually delighted football's back doing these preview shows with you lads as well. We've actually expanded our coverage of the preseason now, going into more detail. Uh, Michael McQuay, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, welcome back as well to Mark Cockerell. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about the AFC West today, and it, there's there's no point in saying this otherwise, lads. This is, uh, you know, fanship, society, etc. This is the best division of football. You could literally take these four teams and start your own Super League and put them on every week if you want. I think every matchup, I, I'm nearly certain, is primetime football. Uh, I think the Chargers play the Chiefs week one. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. We're going to go through each team, and then at the end of this episode, we're going to give our divisional picks. If you're on YouTube, you can check below there's loads of different sections including each team and the picks if you are on youtube please subscribe and put a happy face and give brian good luck for the giants this year more on that when we go to the nfc east uh, first off column uh, we're going to talk about the chiefs so the chiefs um are a good football team they're a very very good football team who have done a lot in the draft and um, i almost feel like by the time i said that sky Moore has ran 200 miles past me here um but they're a team that's frankly would have looked at last year and being dis- very disappointed to lose to the Bengals and not get to the Super Bowl after the year previously. Um, what are your expectations for the Chiefs this season? Um, I think the Chiefs will look at it and say that they expect to be there or thereabouts. I mean, the, the Chiefs won the division for the record six consecutive time last year. They've never had a losing season under Andy Reid. So yeah, they've made some changes over the the off season, but with Big Red in charge, um, as long as he's there, they, to me, will be there or thereabouts. And they have Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes, by his standards, um, you know, wasn't at his best last year. But um, he did have a career best in terms of percentage completion. He was early, uh, he was above 66%, almost 5,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I mean, that's a dream season for, for most QBs, right? And, and we're saying, yeah, Patrick needs kind of a bounce back year. Um, yeah, you mentioned Sky Moore, Michael. He will be one that will be intriguing to, to watch, certainly. And um, they they need more from their pass rush. That's one of the, the big things. And Carol Aftis should be interesting to, to see there. And, um, you know, they there's there's lots, I think, to, to like about the Chiefs. But for me, it is the Andy Reid factor is what means that they will be um, there or thereabouts uh, come the end of the regular season. Most teams in the NFL who who release three wide receivers, whether it's through a trade or whether it's through free agency and get five picks back in return, you would argue are in a bit of a rebuild. And Tyreek Hill goes to Miami for five picks. Byron Pringle goes to the Bears. Demarcus Robinson goes to the Raiders. Then they bring in Juju Schuster, who on his day can be a really effective wide receiver. We've seen what Scott, uh, Baldy Scantling can do when he has a top, top, uh, top quarterback in the league in Aaron Rodgers. Now he's going over to Patrick Mahomes and, then defensively, Honey Badger has gone to the Saints, another player who's full of experience and has been around the league. And then they bring in other players like uh, they bring in Snead, who's going to take off from him. And then, yeah, they go heavy in terms of the draft. They bring in Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. 
Colin has touched on there, the Greek player. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I know Michael, you headed over to Greece for a week to try to catch up with his parents. And I'm not sure how that materialized, but it's the Chiefs. And whilst we talk about how competitive the division is, I still feel at the end of the day, they're going to be up there. I'm not going to give away a pick just too early, but it's a great division. Four teams that you could genuinely put there as a valid reason why they should go and win this division. But I just think it's for a team that rebuilt the offensive line last year, that essentially, by and large, rebuilt this offense. I still feel they're going to, we won't see it long before this offense gels together and we see the Chiefs that we're used to seeing in terms of winning games and putting up high numbers. And I haven't even touched on Sky Moore, who's getting all the great kudos from Camp. I'm going to put it down to Camp and we'll see what he does during the season. But it was inevitable when they picked him as a slot receiver in the second round and teams then quickly said, why didn't their team take them that they expect him to have a a really good NFL career and I suppose hit the ground running with Patrick Mahomes, which is what we're seeing so far, if you take what, we, what we're taking and reading from camp so far. I, I can't wait for an NFL season with Brian and the Dublin accent talking about Sky Murr. Sky Murr, it's great. I'm looking forward to that immensely. Um, Colin alluded to it. Like Patrick Mahomes had a down year and he threw 4,800 yards. He had 37 touchdowns and 13 picks. Like, the the stats don't lie. There are times the stats don't lie. The Chiefs have been on top of the pile for five years in a row in the AFC West. They have had three AFC Championship games at home. You can make a very valid argument that with the loss of Tyreek Hill, they've lost their most dynamic threat on offense, uh, something that frees up the underneath game that Patrick Mahomes did not adapt well to the two high safety looks he got a lot during last season, and that caused a lot of pain in their offensive game, especially early in the season. They still ended up with number one seed in the AFC. They, yes, blew the playoffs, but we're talking about a team. Okay, they haven't been at Everest since they won the Super Bowl a few years ago, but they've been at K2 on very regularly. If you want to say they've taken a step back because of Hill, yeah, I'd agree with you, but then where are they at? Kilimanjaro? They're still at the top. They're still in the peaks. They're still in the highest planes of the NFL. Uh, And the reality is they have room to improve. They improved their offensive line uh, considerably last year. I think they're going to improve their defense and especially their pass rush because they got next to nothing from Frank Clark for two years. So are they a class act? Are they the team to beat still? Are they head and shoulders above a number of NFL teams? Absolutely. Um, and Andy Reid's still there. Travis Kelsey's still there. Patrick Mahomes is still there. Um, they've got more than enough to keep the truck going. Titans fans are going to love you, Mark. Um, Titans on number one seed last year. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. The Titans were number uh, no, one seed, but they were so Mark, forgetful in the playoffs. What can I say? say? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, you're, uh, everything you're saying, lads, about Mahomes is right. You know, he had a bit of a. I wouldn't even say a bad season. He just had a sort of a slow start to last season and came into it towards the end. I guess this season, the, the, the main issue for Patrick Mahomes is going to be something that Tom Brady done very well and continues at the age of 174 to do very well, is to do more with less. And he's done that a lot in New England. Uh, when you've got like Valdez Scantling coming in and you're going to have to rely on like Sky Moore, for example, who's being drafted, I think, at 54th overall. And... Um, I think that's I think that is a hurdle for them this year, you know. But at the end of the day, with the talent of Patrick Mahomes and the reason that he can make a play out of nothing and run for the hills if needs be, they should be okay. 
the reality is, lads, their schedule is an absolute joke. Like, like it's really, really difficult. I'm not exactly sure where it is on the strength of schedule, but their schedule is poor. If they have another slow start to the season, it could be an issue for them. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs will be looking at getting to the situation where they expect to win the West and they expect to minimum get to the AFC Championship game or get to the Super Bowl. Mahomes will be out to do whatever he can and try and get uh, into the top, top epitome of stats. He was only third in EPA, CPOE last year, but he was still ahead of Josh Allen. Uh, but going on what Brian said about the loss of players you know they've lost Tyreek Hill I've seen Chiefs fans over the last few months that have said well well he's got a bit too he's, he's got a bit too big for his boots and all this anyway and I'm going well you've lost Tyreek Hill you've lost Honey Badger you've lost Charvarius Char- uh, Ward do we need to go any further here lads like you know it, there is stuff to do but I go back to the whole point because I don't want to get in trouble in a few months time Um, Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes Grant a bit like Bill and Tom It'll always be grand. One player I'm actually interested to see is uh, Ronald Jones, who's coming from the Bucks to running back. You know, he he had a good season the year with the Bucks won the Super Bowl. He was kind of hit and miss last year. He was inconsistent, and then he's he's gone over to the Chiefs. And we, what we've seen from the Chiefs, I don't think they drafted uh, Hilaire, you know, in the 32nd pick of the, I think it was 24th, 32nd pick a couple of years back, late in the first round. Um, they never really, they haven't really had a standout running back during all this time. Correct me if I'm wrong. They, they brought in Nevian Bell. They tried McKinnon. They keep trying all these players that have been around the league, and it's effective for a period of time, but it's not consistent. And Ronald Jones is another kind of player like that. That, on his day, he's a great player, but he's just not consistent enough. I'd be interested to see how much of a run game. I think this offense is going to be very different to what we're used to seeing. It's not going to be so as explosive. I don't think maybe Sky Moore will turn out to be that threat in the long run in terms of longevity, but we don't. I don't. I don't see the explosiveness. That they've had in terms of the deep ball, you know, who's going to pick, who's going to take the select there? Is going to be Kelsey's not going to do it. Juju Schuster's not that type of player, so we might just see something different that we're that we're not used to. Will they still win games? I still believe they'll win more than enough games to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and we're going to look at the Raiders next in this stock division, AFC West. The one thing I'll say about winning games, the Chiefs, very quickly, we will talk about the Raiders in ten seconds. They have to play Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray week one. They play Justin Herbert week two. They play Matt Ryan in this Colts offense week three, Tom Brady week four, the Raiders week five, the Bills week six, the Messiah, Trey Lance week seven. So they've got a difficult schedule. We'll see what happens. The Raiders column, um, 10 and seven last year, lost in the wild card round. Josh McDaniels in his head coach. I still think to this day that the Raiders and the Chargers should have just let everything lie in that wild, uh, just in that last game of the season. Devante Adams is obviously the main storyline or the biggest storyline, but they've made a number of different additions. Um, and as Derek Carr said, no one thinks anything of us. I never really think anything of the Raiders, but you know they're still a football team. I respect, you know. I I love that no one thinks anything of us. This is like the Tom Brady of we're still here, the plucky Patriots who, uh, you know, just scraped in somehow. Adams, Waller, Renfro. Uh, nobody thinks any of them. I, I go away, Derek. Um, you know that's absolutely ridiculous. You could make an argument that Adams, Waller, and Renfro are the best trio in the best division in football. I mean that that's just an absolutely outstanding trio there. So there's there's nonsense that he's trying to play it down. There should be an awful lot of pressure and expectation on Derek Carr. You got your shiny new contract. You have your your head coach. You have your buddy from college. 
it's time to to show up, Derek. It's time to to make the playoffs and to win some playoff games. Uh, the, the, this Raiders team has plenty of talent, and to me, I suppose the the biggest questions about it are the O line. I think that's where they they have potentially real issues. But they, you know, they have Max Crosby, who was absolutely outstanding last year. He what what he was able to to do last year was was truly phenomenal, and he too um, got a deserved um, new contract. I think the, this notion that um, you know they can fly under the radar, no, I I, I don't I don't uh, believe that for for a second. Um, the Raiders should be for real, and they have WR one certainly one of the top tight ends and in Renfro one of if not the best uh, kind of slot guy in the league Brian I know you've a soft spot for the Raiders uh, maybe I just got that vibe over the last year two and two and a half years and um, if this was any other division they'd walk it no yeah I can I can see why you would think that I think you made the point a couple of months back you know if they were in the AFC South for example they'd be clear favourites to win the division and rightly so like this is the thing we're going to you know, the, everybody's going to cut. The snake is going to be getting cut off with all the teams in this division because it's so competitive. The Raiders, Colin is right. The offensive line is ultimate for me is where this team either wins or loses. The, the Colton Miller is the left tackle. The center is locked in. The rest of them are all in flux. I mean, Alec Gladderwood is not materialized. And if he doesn't play right, right tackle, then you're going to be bringing in a rookie at right tackle and he's going to play guard. So again, you're relying on a rookie right tackle to step in and play play straight away and be efficient, which Alex Dedewood couldn't have done last year. And a lot of people felt that he wasn't a first-round talent. And that's why defensively, just question marks there. I know Chandler Jones has come in and he's had a great time, you know, in terms of with the cards. I think he was, he's was he been reunited with, the, with Patrick Graham from their time. I think they did a brief time together when they were in New England. So be interesting to see. And Patrick Graham was really effective as a defensive coordinator, despite the Giants' struggles over the past few years. Um, defensively, question marks, there's a couple of linebackers that are out injured. There's a lot of injuries there. I'm not sure how quickly that defense can get up to speed. But ultimately, I think over the course of the season, the Raiders will win a lot of games and a lot of high-scoring games. I'm interested to see how Renfro plays in this offense. I, he reminds me of Josh McDaniels, a bit of a Wes Welker situation. Will he utilize him the way he utilized Welker when he had him in New England? I think the Raiders are, have a good opportunity. I think Josh McDaniels will have learned from his time in Denver. I think him and his, the GM are on the same page. And I think the Raiders, got, sorry, the Raiders have got an opportunity to build something here. But uh, ultimately, I think it will come down to who wins these division games. But I do see them winning games. Um, a lot of high-scoring games coming this season. Mark, um, you, you know more than anybody else as a Patriots fan that Josh McDaniels learned a lot in his time in Denver. He learned how to use CCTV. And he, he he's, he's a very well-researched and knowledgeable man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the Denver Broncos have had a lot of history with non-compliance with the rules and regulations in the NFL. So, I mean, another shameful incident in their past, Michael. But no, Josh McDaniels is one of the best offensive minds in the entire league, uh, and has proved that over many, many years. Um, there is always this spectre over him. Yeah, but how much is that Belichick and how much is that you? And he failed to prove it in his first head coaching stop after an amazing start. Let's not forget, wasn't he six and zero before it all? went horribly Pete Tong um, and this is his chance of redemption and look the Raiders have this weird I alluded to this when they made the pick uh, sorry when they uh, brought him in they have this weird relationship with retread coaches their last three coaches Del Rio 
Gruden and now McDaniels were not in the NFL. It was their second go round. Like Del Rio had been out as a head coach for a number of years. Gruden, of course, they've been out for the, of coaching full stop for 10. But McDaniels has actually been longer away from being a head coach than John Gruden was when he came back to the Raiders last time. So he wants to show he's learnt. I have alluded to the fact I think that him and Ziegler going as a package is highly desirable and maybe Ziegler will be the biggest loss to the the Patriots organization long term. Um, But turning the attention to the team, I mean, of course, if you're a Raiders fan, you have to have some hope and confidence and some warm, lovely feelings. You've got Devontae Adams there. You've got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones as a great pairing in terms of pass rush. You have, as Colin alluded to, great threats outside of that with Waller and Renfro. But the O-line, the O-line, the O-line is going to continue to be the question. Um, Leatherwood was appalling. We questioned the pick when it was made. He was the most penalized player in the NFL the last season. Um, it was leaky and I would say arguably cost them last year. So that's going to be the big question. The other big question, the guys alluded to this, is actually the rest of the defense. We know they're going to get pass rush, but where's the linebackers? Where's the dynamism in that front seven? Nate Hobbs actually could be a really underrated corner. He could make some people surprised this year, but even that secondary doesn't look the most robust. And let's face it, we talked about the Chiefs. We're going to talk about the Broncos. We're going to talk about the Chargers. This division is not lacking in talent at the wide receiver position. So stress on the defense is going to be very important. But yes, if you're a Raiders fan, does all systems look go? Does the grass look greener? Do the roses smell nicer? Of course they do. Um, But all is not fully settled and bedded down in the garden just yet. Leatherwood was a strange pick, wasn't he? Very, very strange pick, Mark. Very strange. Um, So I actually forgot about Gruden, lads. That's how long ago that seems now. I forgot about the whole Gruden situation. And I'm now realizing somebody like Jonathan Abram, who so far has done what in Vegas? Not much. So I think he could be a key position this year to look at for some sort of improvement needed for him. Obviously, every player wants to improve, but he's pretty much been a bust so far in Vegas. Um, you have sort of talked about this already. I mean, like obviously the Ravens have got many, many threats on the offense, and I agree, Colin, the whole combination with Renfro, um, with Devontae Adams, and with who else as well? Waller. Waller, Jesus. Never mind Josh Jacobs and running back. It's it's unreal. Uh, the problem that I think they're going to have is the ceiling that they have. You know, like it's grand to say they're going to bring in Devontae Adams, who was unbelievable in Green Bay. Like Jesus and deserves to get the pay rise he got. And I understand that Derek Carr is good friends with him. They've known each other for a very, very long time. How long will it take them to gel? I know we played together previously in high school or whatever, or college or whatever the hell. I think it's high school. It might take a few weeks. And in the NFL and in that division, it you can't wait a few weeks. It just seems like, I don't know. I also think like the whole Patrick Graham thing in the defense, I know Brian, you know him very well, not personally, but um, just seems a bit safe. The defense is not at the same level in terms of where that offense is. And I think that could be an issue for them. But again, if they were in the AFC South, I know, I know you have a point to make, Brian, if they're in the AFC South, they do very, very well. I think Mark's point is very valid. Like they've got a, Pass rushes there, Crosby Jones. You know, most teams would take those two players in a, in a heartbeat, but uh, Marcus Stress, they're going to have inexperienced potentially with players in, in the secondary. They'd also have throw in two linebackers there. They're going to play with two linebackers who are in their second year combined, and that's Diablo and Perryman. And look, 
in you know you look at their skill set last year they are good linebackers but can they put it together I think there's going to be a reliance on a lot of young players to step up for the Raiders and ultimately that's where I see the flaws you know we talk about the offensive line but I still see the Raiders putting a lot of points I think I would be opposed to what you're suggesting was I think Adams and Carr will hit the ground running and if they don't well then it's probably because Adams is getting double teamed that allows the likes of Waller and Renfro to run free and we haven't even touched on the Marcus Robinson actually touched on him with the Chiefs but he's obviously moved over to the Raiders so there's another potential player in which can be productive for them so I think they've got enough players and enough pass to go around but again offensive line defense can defense make a step up I believe they will but let's see as we go through the rest of the division let's um let's charge up this conversation Colin let's start it off Justin Herbert is a top what quarterback in the NFL by the end of the season top three quarterback in the NFL He is unbelievable. Uh, they're just, I don't think there are no superlatives. I am uh, enamored with Justin Herbert. He can do everything. He has been left down by the franchise. If um, if Justin Herbert had been on other teams for the past couple of years, he should have gone to the playoffs. You cannot put it on him, uh, the fact that the, the Chargers ha- haven't been there. They have put the pieces around him um, this uh, this off season and i really like uh what they have done i really liked the zion johnson pick i I thought that was very smart i really liked their line um i think they're defensively they they needed to take the the step forward okay they were one of the worst uh, third down defenses in the nfl last year they were unable to to stop teams and that's ultimately uh, what cost them bringing in mac is huge in terms of the run it's for me it's with him it's less about even the pass rush and it's more about the ability to to stop the run some fitness concerns there for me the the biggest concerns around the the chargers and there's so much to like but uh, I'm, Mike Williams, I, I, I'm not his biggest fan. I, I've mentioned that on the show previously. I'm not, and I think they lack a true deep threat. I, that, to me, are probably the, the real weaknesses that, that I see in the defense need to, to show it. Um, but the, the Chargers were, for, to me, made the, the best moves probably in the entirety of the NFL this offseason. I really like pretty much everything that they did and they should um be um you know one of the the teams to to beat in the entirety of the afc this year brian can i manifest something with you right now just so we have it for the season if you don't, i know you're gonna talk about the, the chargers does brandon staley look like roy mcelroy's american older brother or is it just me i hadn't thought about that one today michael but uh, i'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one yeah yeah Okay, strange. <laughs> hadn't thought about it. I was more focused on the charges and in particular just defense. Um, you know, Colin was touched on they let you know the GM. Not say the GM necessarily has let let Herbert down, but the defense last year has let them down, and it's reflective of what they've done in the off season. Uh, one underrated player I would say is Austin Johnson, who's come off from the Giants. He's a really good defensive back. They they drafted three defensive backs in the draft. That says it all. You know, they know that they need to get strong up front. They bring Kyle Van Noy, real experienced player from his time to Pouches and, the, and then just that one year in, in Miami. Um, JC Jackson was one of the standout free agency signings. Another interesting cornerback brought in was Bryce Callan. He's got a lot of years of experience. And then obviously you just saw the Mac trade. Like these brought in really experienced players to kind of complement these other players that they brought in the draft. Ultimately this defense needs to get stronger because Herbert will put up points. The Chargers will put up points in offense. I've touched on the, the fact 
the teams are so explosive. We'll see so many high-scoring games, but ultimately it will come down to how good his defense will be, and that's where ultimately I have my doubts whether they can make that jump. And will Herbert have a great season? Absolutely. I mean, how many games last year did we see that they they lost 44-39, you know, games in overtime against the Chiefs where they should have won, and some questionable play calling by the head coach. I'd like to think that this year he would lend to taking field goals as opposed to going for fourth downs all the time, because ultimately that's what cost them in so many games, and they wouldn't have been in that position come week 18 with their reliant on a draw to make the playoffs. So, yeah, the ceiling is there for them, but defensively, you know, when you see a team make so many changes defensively, will they gel so quickly? Like we talked to the Raiders there, they haven't done a lot defensively. They brought in some key players. They're reliant on players that were there last year to make the step up. This team is going to be dramatically different on defense, and that's... You know, you're talking about players betting in and will Carr work with Adams within two to three weeks? Will this defense work together straight away? That's a big question mark for me. Well, that's true, Brian. But the defense, if they are different from last year, that's only, they're the only way is up. That's what Yaz used to say, wasn't it? Sing, wasn't it? Um, like their defense was appalling last year, especially against the run. So Colm alludes to a lot of great moves they made this year. Johnson and... Um, uh, sorry, Jackson and Johnson Day coming in as defensive tackles, for example. You know, that's a very clear commitment to we have to improve against the run across the board. Khalil Mack will make a difference in that regard. I think they have shorn up their biggest weakness like they did last offseason when they said, hey, our offensive line is our biggest weakness. They made steps in that regard. So you can't say that they don't react to try to address their challenges. Obviously, JC Jackson coming in, an absolute ball hawk, one of the, the biggest free agency signings, obviously uh, at cornerback as well, is a big change and difference. But if I'm looking for a negative and... I think, Colin, the only bigger fan of Justin Herbert is probably me, uh, other than you in relation to it. I still say he throws the prettiest deep ball in all of the NFL. Um, However, where is the speed? We said this last season when they were starting to swoon and they weren't winning games. They lost to the Texans, for Christ's sake, guys. I mean, let's find reasons why they didn't make the playoffs. Not only the games they threw away, but they didn't beat the Texans in, what was it, week 16. There was only a few games left in the season. Like, come on. But where was the speed? They haven't addressed that in the wide receiver positions. They're relying upon Herbert to create magic, and they don't have those receivers that can really get yak for you, can really create massive separation. As Colin alludes to, Mike Williams has many positives, but he has a few negatives uh, about his game as well. So that's where their challenge, I think, will continue to be this season. Do they really honestly have the talent at the offensive skill positions outside of Justin Herbert, I think we're all sold on um, to make a difference. The row line looks fixed. They've made a lot of changes on defense to try to fix that. I think Brandon Staley has brought them and will continue to bring them in the right direction. But this is the toughest division in the NFL. There is no room for losers, my friends. There is no room for gaps and weakness. That weakness will be seized upon uh, like you know vultures you know, clutching at a carcass if they show the weakness that they did, especially in the run game like they had last year. So a core weakness can be picked apart. That's where I fear for them. (laughs) I've missed all those comparisons, Mark. Uh, In terms of what you're saying about Justin Herbert's speed, you know, there's plenty of quarterbacks in the league that are top seven, top eight, that may not have relevant speed 
Justin Herbert's speed, I don't think, is a massive issue, personally. No, no, Michael, not Justin Herbert's speed. Speed of the wide receiver position, speed of the receiver. Oh, I thought he said speed. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, okay, that, 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 that's fair enough. That's fair enough. His athleticism is, you know, even with take take away his, his speed and his natural ability to run, his athleticism is class, and I love the way he plays football. The, the reality is for the Chargers, they have an 18-month window. Justin Herbert's cap hit is under $8 million. I don't have the list in front of me, but I like some of the quarterbacks that are between 8 to 15 over him are scary. Like, it's hilarious. Um, and they've obviously went out and they've gave money. Like, J- Jesse Jackson got $16 million, and they're trying to bulk up that defense because last year they allowed 144 rushing first downs, which is 8.5 a game. Brandon Steely talked about the way he felt whenever he walked off. Walked off. Uh, or walked across the field in Vegas last year in the last game of the season and he felt sick. They've went out. They've got the guys they need. The reality, if you could JC Jackson, Nasser Adley and Derwin James together, um, lads, I don't see... No, I'm not going to say it. Honestly, like I, I think this team are very close to the, the maximum they, that they need to be. They've seen a team um, in the same city win the Super Bowl last year. They've went out. They've prepared like Jackie said once, and they're going to do their job this season. This team are at its almost, almost at its peak. Um, and I'm excited to watch the Chargers play. I think Herbert, if Herbert gets to another level this year, Jesus lads, I mean, we could be talking silly money in, in two years time when the Chargers eventually have to pay him and eventually have to get rid of some of these high-end, big money players. Like we haven't even talked about Khalil Mack here, lads. Do you know what I mean? Um. Well, Colm did mention him, but Michael, I just need to say the words Joey Bosa as well, because if you don't yeah, mention Joey Bosa, but, but if you don't mention him, he might, he might be just willing to strike to sack you for not mentioning him. So I'm just doing it for all our safety in that regard. Unbelievable talent. And that's, that's the problem with the Chargers. The talent has always been there. I mean, you go back to Ladanian Tomlinson, Philip Rivers days and everything. The Chargers have always had the talent. They've always, however, found a way under different head coaches, different regimes, different cities to screw it up somehow. Like, I mean, I, I talk about it. I remember the year they were number one in offensive efficiency, number one in defensive efficiency. And they sat at the half-year mark of four and four because they screwed up so many games on special teams. It was unbelievable. And... For and then there are many long-suffering Chargers fans out there. That's their biggest concern. It's like, right, how are we going to find a way to tear my heart out this season? Um, that's that's what they're sitting there watching and looking at in relation to it. It's not the what is it? It's always the line. It's the hope that kills you. And Chargers fans, year in year out, have had the hope, and it's been ripped from them slowly but surely every year. Um, here's hoping for their sake. It changes this year. And one player I'm, I'm interested to see is the third round pick running back, Isaiah Spiller. And the reason I, I, you read Austin Eckler at the end of last season, he had 20 touchdowns, but he says he was physically exhausted at the end of the season. You know, and they've obviously they're trying to address that. They have Kelly there, they, they have other few players there in terms of trying to build a back, backfield that's kind of production across the team. And, and, and when we spoke to Tom Tedesco, he was very keen on this running back coming in. They were surprised he was there in the third round. They felt he would have went in the second. So we can see how, how he gets on and how Eckler gets on. And, can they, I suppose, alleviate some of the pressure on Herbert to be winning the games on his own? Looking forward to seeing how the Chargers and indeed how all the teams in the AFC West perform this season. Uh, the last team we're going to look at is a team that finished fourth in the AFC, La- AFC West Sorry, last season, the Denver Broncos. The main story, obviously, column over the, the offseason was the uh, the big trade for Russell Wilson. There's been other additions. Um, 
taking your hat off, where do you think this team stands going into the season? Well, I'll let the, the others maybe discuss, obviously, the, the big moves. But what I will say, maybe my hot take, is I don't think this team will miss Vic Fangio nearly as much as is being made out. If you listen across the league, Vic Fangio is hailed as the greatest defensive mastermind that ever lived. I mean, this guy was better than Bill Belichick. Um, if you listen to some of the guys out there, um, and, and yet uh, to have a ring, um, I give me Wade Phillips any, any day of the week. The Broncos have absolutely bend don't break and there was an awful lot that went into convincing people about the greatness of the defense awful in terms of sacks last year awful in in terms of of takeaways those are the things that change games those are the things that you need if you are going to actually you know make a run and and get to to the playoffs it's all very well um forcing the opposition to you know um Take, take their time. And he talked about death by inches. Little did we know that that would be, um, you know, what he, what he meant in terms of the, the style of football. Um, Everall come in. I'm really interested to see what, what the defence will do. Um, and we'll, uh, when we come to talking about the, uh, the way in which the division will shake out, um, I, I'll talk a little more. But interested to hear what the non-Broncos fans think about the moves that the Broncos have made. Oh, we want to get to the, the Russell Wilson trade. Um, I think it was inevitable. We spoke about it time and time again on the show that until the Broncos corrected the quarterback situation, they were never going to go anywhere. Never mind who the head coach was. Obviously, Vic Fangio was wasn't the right guy. Um, I believe he was, he was brought in a, an offensive head coach, who, and that was evident. Then I felt that they were going to make a real strong push to make a trade, and for a long time, people felt it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. But the Russell Wilson one probably makes a little bit more sense and. My concerns for Russell Wilson is a couple of things. It's the offensive line for a start. I mean, Bowles has been up and down. They bring in Turner from the Packers, who's been inconsistent as well at times. And then I'm, I'm not sure at this time of recording, is the centre gone for the season? Has he done his ACL? I thought I read a report, so I'm not sure on that one. But then, uh, look, we've seen Tim Patrick go for the season. He was a big loss for me. He's a, a really good wide receiver, and I was excited to see how he would connect with Russell Wilson. Judy, the question marks are still out for me on him. I mean, he only had three red zone targets last year. He didn't catch one touchdown. I know you could challenge that with who you catching balls from, but still didn't catch a touchdown. And then Corton Sutton is coming back. I think it's his second year removed from his ACL. And I'm not sure we saw enough of him last year to know whether he's fully recovered. So I still feel there's question marks there on the offense. Defensively, I'm getting to see what Bradley Chubb does, does this year. He's had injuries. He didn't have one sack last year. I just think there's a lot of question marks on this team. I still feel they're going to have a really good season. I think things, the upper, the upside of bringing in a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber is just too much for him not to have a really good season. And he's the kind of quarterback that will, will win games on his, own, on his own at times. I am keen to see, is he going to become a running quarterback again? Because last year, I don't know whether it was down to the the lack of aggressiveness by the head coach, but he didn't see, and maybe the offensive line struggled so much in Seattle, but he didn't seem to be running the ball as much as he as he was in previous years. And that was obviously a threat, the fact that if he got outside of the pocket, he could he could pick up the yards, and that didn't seem to materialise last year. I'd be interested to see if that's something that they bring back into the playbook. I think the Broncos will have a good season. I think there's too many too many good opportunities for this team, and defensively, despite players who didn't have great season last year inconsistently, they still only gave up an average of 19 points a game, and they were strong in a lot of stats. So I still feel there's potential there for that defence to be more impressive than it can be. So for me, things are looking much better in Denver. 
well, they couldn't look worse. Like, let's be clear about this. I mean, I mentioned about the Chiefs have gone from K2 maybe down to Kilimanjaro. The Broncos have been stuck in the Mariana Trench for the last five years. Like, I mean, okay, you're out of the bottom of the ocean. You know, you're on dry land. You're maybe up at Karantuhu. But one swallow does not make a summer. And Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's got talent. He's proved it time and time again. He has his flaws. He's not perfect. Who is? perfect in relation to it um but he doesn't suddenly transform that team to such a level that we're talking about super bowl contenders we're talking about a serious playoff run of the team there for me there's been too many gaps and too much badly run team all the last few years and look we're talking about so much change new owners great needed new first time head coach how he beds in will be very relevant and very important um, the Broncos should always do well. They've got the best home field advantage in all of the NFL. Like Mile High Stadium is an inherent advantage every time. There is no reason why every season, doesn't matter how bad you are, just with physiological benefits, you should go in six and two at home. And, and they haven't obviously leveraged that advantage sufficiently in recent times. So they should in that regard. Russ Wilson's a very good quarterback. But the wide receiver talent, if you know, can they stay healthy? The only one that could stay healthy is Tim Patrick, and Tim Patrick's now gone for the season. So that's a big question mark. I think they've got talent at the running back position. They don't have any tight ends, which I think is a key part of an American football team. So that, that's going to be a challenge. Um, and equally, their offensive line is a joke. Uh, has been, still hasn't been fixed. So I look, and when I talk about there's ch- teams with challenges. Oh, by the way, as well, who's going to rush the quarterback? That's another thing. Randy Gregory might until he's suspended for the entire season. Um, that is, again, a big gap. Uh, I think the Broncos' secondary is great. I think Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, but there's still a couple of years to get this team into the right shape. And they have done so much, and they've done a great job of where they get to, and they might start the season like a a rocket ship because no one knows what to expect. No one knows what to expect with a Nathaniel Hackett offensive scheme with Russell Wilson as opposed to Aaron Rodgers back there. You know, that that's going to be uh, an advantage that they have in that regard. But um, there's still too much. Of course, things were more optimistic. Of course, they've got a great opportunity in relation to it. But yeah, too much too soon in the toughest division in football. Really enjoy listening to everyone's points about this. And uh, again, trying to remain as uh, positive and negative here and neutral as possible. Um, Obviously, as a fan, you know, Russell Wilson coming in, it completely transforms everything. When you go and you have Teddy Bridgewater last year and you still win seven games, it's impressive. I completely agree with what Brian said about Jerry Judy. Uh, I think it's a massive year for him. Will he score over or under four and a half touchdowns with Russell Wilson? Sweet Jesus and Nazareth, if you'd like to think so. I was on holiday in Greece and picked up my phone, I think, the next morning and seen Tim Patrick was out for the season. I think that's a massive issue. However, Bradley Chubb is the biggest question mark for this team. They need a leader, a bit like Vaughn Miller in that position, and they need to find a way to get Bradley Chubb involved more. It's a huge year for him. One of the things that concerns me is the focus on training camp, on this hyper-competitiveness, and that column stick to the death of me saying this. They're putting too much effort into training camp, and I would be concerned that down the stretch that the injuries could be an issue for this team. And this is the team that has had injury issues over the last few years, like all teams, but there's always been an issue there. 
Uh, so that remains to be seen. That's on Hackett's and the NFLPA have sort of spoke out about that in recent years. Um, but the thing that might go in the Broncos' way is the schedule. They don't play the Chiefs until week 14 and then they play them week 17. Whereas if you look at the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders, the first few weeks for them, there's a lot of interdivision games and that could be something that really works out in the Broncos' favour. might get them into that, not just a, maybe a, a few wins in the division, but it might give them that confidence to gel together as a team. I don't agree with Mark in terms of the Roger Gregory thing. I think he'll be able to play out the season. Patrick Sertan is the reason that this team, while be it so many things have changed in my opinion i think that they're still going to do well you know the Bengals went from where to where in a year lads so like we can never compare this league i mean it's it's one of those things i think the broncos are in, obviously in a good position and they've got javante williams and melvin gordon there as well in the stretch at running back and um, it's a hell of a division lads i i always Think back to Colin's point when the schedule comes out because I, I, Colin, I know, doesn't like to build up to the schedule. And me and you, Mike, are like kids in the sweet shop for tonight just to see the schedule coming out. And you know, I don't like it. it. I think I think it's not really right. I, I can't stand the schedule release. Colin, do you like the schedule release? Uh, I, every, every I actually hear it now, Brian, people start fake Twitter accounts Colin, and start making up no, stuff. I mean, it's like. What I mean by it is, like, you know, at the end of the season who you're playing, and obviously you just don't know when the date is. And you touched on there the fact that. It might pay to your advantage to play the Chiefs week 14, week 17. But you've also made the point of, you know, if the Broncos continue to go with this high-tempo training camp situation, you could, could end up, which is a kind of the totally opposite to what the Eagles did last year. They cut down on training camp so they could have players fresh towards the back end of the season. It seemed to work because they got them to the playoffs. Um, if you're in a situation where you're picking up injuries come in November, December, then you've got two games against the Chiefs team. Who, albeit yet, they could be dealing with injuries. Do you want that? Or would you rather like play them fresh in September, October, when, to be honest, it's, it's a, more of an even Stephen type of game because nobody has any real form going into the season. Are you better off playing them week one, week two? Potentially you have an opportunity to beat them rather than when they're coming on the stretch where they're going for the fourth seed or the second seed, depending on the situation. So I just think there's a much to muchness, and I think ultimately it will come down to these divisional games. Mark, on your point around Russell Wilson, I just want to say the reason why I see this upward core for the Broncos is, and you know, you've, you've challenged around the wide receivers and he's going to have at his disposal. We've seen him do a lot with some average wide receivers in Seattle, I would say. Lockett's good. Is he is he top tier? Not for me. They've had other wide receivers over the years when they've been really efficient that weren't at the top level in terms of free agency and things, but he still got the best out of them. And that's why I think that the Broncos have that. They have the opportunity with his quarterback to potentially get the best out of players. That if there was another quarterback in there, wouldn't get we wouldn't see the same kind of stats and numbers we're, we're gonna get our picks now for the sd west but i want to do one thing first and i don't want any comments just want a simple yes no answer column start with you will all four teams get to the playoffs in this division no brian no marcus eh, eh. no i don't know oh no no but then you're gonna add stuff so we're gonna say too competitive michael so the problem is they'll take wins off each other and that's part of the problem. They've got to play each other six times. So I think it's going to be week 18. I think all three teams will make it. Week 18 could be bananas. Broncos, Chargers. Anyway, uh, Column, who have you got? AFC West. Um, I to me, you you can't you can't um, become the the king until you dethrone the king, and and you got to show you could do that. So ultimately, 
Andy Reid is the king of this division. And for me, until the Chargers prove otherwise, the Chiefs are favourites um, and should finish first. Um, could the Chargers? Absol- absolutely. But for me, it will be Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Um, I have to, this will come as a surprise to uh, Colin, I have the Chargers finishing last. Um, yeah, Marcus made a fair point that it can't get any worse defensively and they brought in all these new players, but I still find it hard to see how a, a brand new defense essentially can hit the ground running. I could be very wrong come week one, week two, but I just don't see it over the course of the season with the amount of two games they're going to play against each other. In tour place, I have the Broncos. Um, I think we're going to see a better season from them, but again, it's back to the point. The division is so so competitive. I have the Raiders finishing second and I have the Chiefs inevitably winning the division. I hate this question because any permutation is is feasible. Like literally, there is not a permutation in this league, in this division that you could throw out to me, and I go, "Ah, oh, there's no way I could ever see that happening." We talk about every other division, and you can kind of say, "Like, oh, the Browns win in the AFC North, and you know, Ravens coming last." You go, "That's never going to happen." Like, don't don't talk nonsense. In this division, very genuinely, look one injury away. Patrick Mahomes gets injured. The Chiefs instantly go to being the worst team in this division. So, again, can I put the at the time of recording and what we know, caveat in for everything, um, we have to go on projections and what we see. I I can see past them, but I still think that the class active division, I have the Chiefs in first. I think the Chargers will push them even closer than they did last year, even though I allude to what I think are their fatal flaws of going all the way in in, in terms of division or otherwise. And yeah, I still have the Raiders in third and the Broncos bringing up the rear. You know, Russell Wilson can be allowed to cook and I rate him as a quarterback, but the counterpoint on Russell Wilson is you want to say Patrick Mahone's bad season. Russell Wilson's never thrown over 4,200 yards. He's only thrown over 37 touchdowns, which Mahomes did last year once. Um, and that's in 10 seasons in the league. So there are negativity points around Russell Wilson, just as much as there's positivity. I think it's a great step in the right direction. And I'm not saying that as a criticism or a way of getting you guys, because the reality is the Broncos could easily go second in this division and get into the playoffs. It's that tight. It's that close. Um, but that's where my gut lies at the moment. You really covered yourself there, like every permutation. Um, I think there's going to be like a two or three game swing between first and fourth in this division. I think it was the week 17 or week 18 for numerous positions. Maybe not first, but I, I, I do think because of the way the division is set up and the way the schedule is set up. Um, I have got the Chargers winning the AFC West. I think they're the best team in the AFC West by country mile based on their offense and defense. Um, that being said, there are ways that Herbert can improve. But I think the Chargers lads are are the team at the minute to, to potentially really go against the Bills in the in the AFC. And I don't want to give any picks away, but they're top banana. And believe me, I have nothing better to be at all summer, but actually read it with Justin Herbert. Um, Chargers first. Um, I think the schedule for the Broncos over the first eight weeks is very favorable in comparison to the rest of them. I think the Broncos beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead this year. I think the Broncos beat the Raiders in Vegas. And I think the Broncos beat the... Well, no, I don't think the Broncos beat the Chargers. I have the Broncos finishing second by a game. Uh, and I've got the Kansas City Chiefs um, finishing third. Again, albeit first to third, very, very close. And I have the Raiders finishing fourth. I think if you take out the four teams on the basis of talent, 
on both sides of the ball in the AFC West. I think the Raiders are just below because of their defense. That being said, we could literally flip it on its head. So uh, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. Now, if that did happen, look, the, the reality is whoever whoever doesn't get to the playoffs, Jesus, I mean, it's it's a bad year for them. Like, do you know what I mean? If, if Michael, your prediction comes through, true, how much longer does Derek Carr remain a Raider? For, he doesn't. I mean, he's re-upped his contract, but they've got get-out capabilities in relation to it. And does McDaniel's oh. pull the trigger in that regard? Yeah, yes, you've got a half million contract column in Kansas City. If somebody was to finish hypothetically, finish third and maybe miss the playoffs on one game, hypothetically, half a half a billion, Michael, billion. And I want to thank folks. Can we just right now, as we change the free screens, can I thank Brian O'Leary for giving me another forty-five to one and a half hours of editing? I think this might be the right time to. Oh, here he is. That this might be the right time to to cut this show off very quickly. But uh, really, really enjoy the thing I've enjoyed about this episode is everyone's different opinions, and I think we're not going to get an episode like this. Maybe the NFC West. Maybe uh, we'll see. Um, folks, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a review. Please like, share, follow, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, comment. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear about Column Shirt, all the feedback. Uh, everything going on there and you can go onto our YouTube channel and get every divisional preview um, everything you need ahead of the new season if you don't agree with us tell us why tell us all the crack in the comments at IRENFL on Twitter big thanks to Cassie Travel Travel Partners of the Irish NFL Show for the continued support and we're getting there now see you soon